Welcome to the Start Over Coder podcast. I am the Start Over Coder, and I'm taking you along on my quest, taking up a new career as a professional developer and pursuing financial independence. Today, I'll talk about something I've been thinking a little bit about lately, and that is how to name things when you're writing code. So naming functions, naming variables, all that sort of thing. And so as a newbie, I think it's really when you're writing code, it's literally just about getting it to work. And then when you go back later and maybe you have to read your code or you're trying to improve on the program that you wrote, you read through and it's like, what is this doing? It doesn't make any sense. And that's been happening to me lately. So it makes me think, you know, there's there's definitely got to be a better way to do this, to name things, to write code so that it makes more sense later, not only for myself, but for other people as well. And so this episode is going to be about what I have learned, what I've come to decide about how I'm going to name things kind of at this stage of my own skills as a developer. So like I said, when you are first starting, the main goal is really just getting your program to work. And the reason for that is that there are so many things to think about, whether it's just new terms, like what is var or what is a function or the syntax of whatever language you're writing code in, formatting, you know, do I do spaces? Do I do tabs? Do I do single quotes, double quotes? Do I need quotes at all? That sort of thing. Those are the things that you're, you know, are right in front of your face. And so your main focus is just to get things to work. And so when I was in this stage, really at the beginning, some examples of things that I did. So if I'm working in HTML, I might give lots of elements an ID, their own ID, whereas I could have just made a class for, say, all the modals or all the buttons. I might have given names to things that would really only mean anything to me. And if someone else looked at it, they'd be like, what is a Fliberty gibbet? Or, you know, that's a terrible example, but something that anyone but me wouldn't have any idea what I was referring to. And I think that's common, actually. I was TAing for an intro to HTML and CSS class, and we were working with people who literally had never looked at one line of HTML or CSS in the class. And you could see that that was just kind of the natural thing to do. If you need to name something, name something that means to you so that you can kind of personalize your code. And I definitely did that when I was first starting. Another thing that I did was give very non-descriptive names. So I might name something big photo and then another thing large photo. And what is the difference between those? Like it doesn't really tell you anything. And the problem with all of these things is readability. And I'm finding now that the more I work on projects, the more I'm writing code and thinking, especially about sharing them with other people, whether that's to ask for help or just, you know, try to get some feedback on how I'm writing code, I get a little bit self-conscious about what I've written and is it going to make sense to someone else? Or flip side of that, if I'm going back and looking at code that I've written even just a month ago or but definitely longer, there are times when I can't even figure out what it is that I've written or what is meant to do what. And just reading through that code is more troublesome than I think it should be. So that leads me to think, how can it be better? So I've been doing a little bit of reading, a bit of research about how this can be done well. And so here are some of those tips. So generally, I think the names that you give to things, whether it's a function or a class, they should describe what those things do. So an example is if you are writing a function called calculate, yeah, that is an acceptable name, but maybe it would be better to be a little bit more specific about what is being calculated. So name that function calculate age, calculate time elapsed or calculate price or something like that. 
One great tip that I read about recently is that functions in general should have verb names, so action verbs, whereas classes and IDs should be nouns, so naming an actual thing. So that was a great tip that I, you know, it makes sense in your mind, but when you actually see that someone has identified this as a good tip, it crystallizes it for sure. Another thing that I am trying to implement in my code is to not duplicate similar names. So in some projects that I looked at, I had terrible names for things where in one place, one thing would be called a reward item, for example. And then in another place, another thing would be called an item reward. And these two things would have two completely different uses, functions. One of those might have been a button and the other was the ID for a form. Just terrible, terrible uh, clarity <laughs> given in that situation. And so that is definitely something to avoid. Another thing that I used to do that I have realized is really bad practice is using initials, single letters, numbers, etc. for naming functions or IDs or anything like that. It's tempting because I think, especially as a beginner, you kind of have an idea about what quote, good code looks like. And for me, at least, that means very concise code. And, you know, it's not running on for lines and lines, which is true. But that means that you might take shortcuts and kind of give little keywords to things that, yes, I know what that means, but is someone else going to have any clue what that means if they read my code later? And not only other people, but when I read it in even a week or, you know, a couple months, am I going to have any idea what E247 means or, you know, what something like that? Not to mention the fact that when you do use, you know, especially single letters or initials or something like that, it's a lot harder to search. You can't just do, you know, command F, control F and search through for something that makes sense if you don't necessarily remember later what those little letters are that you use for a function or an ID. So definitely avoiding initials, single letters, numbers for naming things is something that I'm doing going forward. And I think what all of this comes down to is basically when you read your code, it should be almost like reading a story. It's a sequence of events that makes sense in human language. You know, I do this and then this happens as a result of that. And then this next thing happens. And that should make sense for human understanding. So these suggestions are really just a start. I really think there are so much more best practices that could be put into place. I'm still learning them myself. So yeah, these are just a start. And so if you do want to try to improve how you are naming things and writing your code, the question is then how can I get better? What are some of the resources that I can go to to improve this part of my skills? So first of all, I think it definitely comes down to reading other people's code. And that's good code and bad code because, yes, if it's good, you can get some best practices. But if it's bad, then you probably can see very clearly what you should avoid doing, what makes it difficult for you to understand someone's code as you're reading through it. Now, if you're a very, very new beginner, this may be a little bit more difficult because you may not have a sense yet of what is good code versus bad code. And, you know, if you're sort of at the intermediate level, and this is where I'd say I am, and I have a hard time with this, is finding projects that are not so advanced that you don't understand them, but are also good examples of good code. So that is a little bit tricky, but I think the more code you read, the more you'll understand and the more you will pick up on those best practices. Another thing that is a great suggestion is to read books. So right now I'm in the middle of a book called Clean Code by Robert C. Martin. 
This is a book I've heard recommended on so many YouTube videos, podcasts, blogs, everywhere as kind of a Bible may be a little bit too strong, but definitely a solid reference for how to write good, clean code in general. So that is a recommendation, you know, pick it up at the library, get it on an e-reader, but it's a good reference and I can recommend it so far. I haven't finished yet, but so far, so good. Another way to get better at coming up with a good naming convention for your code is to do code reviews. So see if you can find people to read your code and let you know, do they understand this? Does it make sense? Does it read like a story? And some ideas for finding people to read your code. Definitely, you know, if you're participating in any meetups, throw it out there as a suggestion. Like, hey, could you read my code and give me some feedback? I'll, you know, I'm happy to read yours too, whether that's you doing it as a learning experience or if you've got a bit of experience yourself, you can kind of exchange that code review, but really try to get feedback on your code and get suggestions on how you can improve it. And finally, another way to get really, really good at improving how you write your code is with the time test. And that means going back to your old code and reading it. Hopefully you'll see that over time you've improved in writing your code because you might read it and think this is absolutely atrocious, but in doing that, it'll really jump out at you what is bad. And then next time you'll know, you know, don't do this and maybe try doing it a different way to have it be a little bit more clear. I did this in a project that I was working on recently. So in episode 30, I talked about a group project that I worked on. We came up with an idea for a web app and we built it from scratch over six weeks, presented it to the course at the end of it. And it was a great experience. It was the first time that I had really done that with a group. And in order to really be able to contribute to that project, I had to do a lot of learning in a very short amount of time to be able to know what I was doing on our project. So we did it. It was a great experience, as I talked about in that episode. And afterwards, we still had some things that we wanted to improve. You know, we got it to a great place for the time that we had and the skill that we had. But as far as an example to put on a CV or to show in a portfolio, we agreed as a group that it was definitely there were things that we could do to improve it and to get it into that state. So afterwards, I met with one of my group mates. We decided, you know, what those things we were going to do would be. We gave ourselves a deadline and I was excited to get back to working on it until I actually looked at the code. And yes, I could see what we had done, why we had done it, but it was pure spaghetti. Just things were all over the place. The names were terrible. The, you know, the, the layout of the code, it was all in one big file and didn't really make very much sense. And it was just terrible. So it was great in that it really stood out how bad it was and, you know, exact things that we should not do. But then the question is, is this really worth fixing? Because it would basically be an entire rewrite. And are there other projects that I'd rather spend my time on? That's kind of what ended up happening for both of us, I think. We looked at it and we were just like, this is a mess. Uh, It works, which is great, but we didn't want to put any more time into it. But I at least got a lot of learning out of that and saw some things to definitely not do in the future. So the time test is definitely a good way to improve upon your code and improve upon your writing as you develop the skill over time. So overall, these things, I think, do come down to time and experience. The more that you are coding, the more you work with other people, the more you'll have an understanding of what is good practice and what is not good practice. So if you are just starting, I'd say this is something to be aware of. It's, not, it's going to be very difficult with all of the other things that you have to learn 
to also incorporate these best practices for naming conventions in because like I said it comes with experience and you may not have an idea of the best way to do it and likewise I think you know the more you do learn over time you'll continue to learn and continue to improve so I do think it's a process but if you are quite a bit more advanced and have some other tips that I haven't mentioned here about good ways to name things functions variables that sort of thing I'd love to hear your tips because I can only share what I've learned so far and like I said it's a process so there are probably definitely even better ways to do things than what I've discussed here So please leave a comment in the show notes for this episode. There's a link directly to the site wherever you're listening to this podcast. Or you can, of course, tweet me at StartOverCoder. And if you like what you hear and want to stay with me on this journey of learning to code, starting a new career, and pursuing financial independence, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can do it through your favorite podcast app or visit StartOverCoder.com slash subscribe. That's all for this time. Signing off.